0: Tell somebody, God is, good to me. God is good to me. As if you mean, he say God is, good to me. God is good to me. Maybe I should ask you a question. Is God good to you? Yes. Are you sure he's good to you? Yes. His goodness will never cease from your life in Jesus' name. Amen. you continue to be a manifestation of God's goodness in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we thank you for this morning. We lift your name on high. Accept our thanks in Jesus' name. Thank you because you're a wonderful Father. Thank you because you're a glorious God. Be glorified in Jesus' name. Father, as you go and share, go with us. Speak unto us. Teach us. Reveal yourself unto us. Put the devil to shame. Everything that we have left in today's service, let your name alone be glorified. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We love you, Lord. For we have prayed in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's have our seats. Let's have our seats. While we all will come to his presence. He will meet with each and every one of us in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 136, verse 26. Psalm 136, verse 26. Psalm 136, verse 26. Does anybody remember what it says? A very simple verse. Psalm 136 verse 26. It's on the screen. But we've been looking at that verse now for, I don't know, more than two months. Is that not so? So let someone recite it for me. Are we afraid to read it? I want to hear. I want to hear. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Want to go? Oh, give thanks unto the God of heaven, for his mercy endured forever. And we've been looking at this verse under the topic, the God of heaven. And when we started, we said the God of heaven is the owner of heaven and earth. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. So he owns the world and they that dwell therein. And that includes you. Tell somebody that includes you. Yes. In other words, God owns you. Is that not so? Some have, tell someone God owns me. <laughs> because if God owns you, you are protected, you are covered, you are safe. The Bible says, He that touches you, touches what? The apple of his eyes. So that means it's going to be definitely impossible if God owns you for anybody to touch you. Is that not so? That means as far as you are concerned, the Bible says you are engraved where? In the palm of his hands. We say the God of heaven is a God that enforces covenant. We say the God of heaven is a helper. We say he is an incomparable God. You cannot compare any to him. We said there is fire in his presence. Somebody shout fire. As if we say, "Child, fire," Fire. there is fire in His presence, and we said, "Even the fire in hell is an extension of the fire in His presence." That's why it is unquenchable; nobody can quench it. The fire stops when He says, "Stop," and the fire burns when He says, "Burn." Hell is not your portion in Jesus' name. We said, "The God of heaven cannot be contained." In other words, He cannot be limited. And if that God of heaven dwells in you, and it cannot be limited, can anybody limit you? No No one can limit you. Your destiny cannot be limited. Your future cannot be limited. Your life cannot be limited. You will not be limited in Jesus' name. And the last two Sundays, we said, number one, he's a giver. And then we said that the God of heaven prospers. He will prosper you. I say he will prosper you. And so today we want to continue looking at that passage by reminding us that the God of heaven sees. The God of heaven does what? He sees. The Bible says, he that created the eyes, shall he not do what? Ah, somebody is not with me. He that created the eyes, shall he not see? He that created the ears, shall he not do what? Shall he not hear? So, the God of heaven sees. When you go to Psalm 14, verse 2. The book of Psalms, chapter 14, verse 2. The book of Psalms, chapter 14, verse 2. The Bible says, The Lord looked down from heaven. Remember, we started by saying, The God of heaven is the, um, is the owner of heaven and earth. And heaven is a place. That was the first topic we discussed. So, He looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand. That's number one and that seek God, number two. So, God, the God of heaven sees, and the Bible says he looks down from heaven, and he was looking for two things. He was looking for sons and daughters, men and women, that do what? That have understanding, and number two, that seek God. And that's very important. So, the question I want to ask us, if I say, what is God looking for? Can somebody answer that question? What is God looking for from the passage we just read? He is looking for someone that has understanding. And secondly, He is looking for someone that seeks Him. Someone that seeks Him. That's what the passage tells us. The Bible tells me in John chapter 4. John chapter 4 verses 23 and 24. John 4 23 and 24. So number one He's looking for those that understand. And one thing we must realize is that those that understand will seek God. What did I just say? That means those that do not understand will do what? Will not seek God. No wonder. The Bible says the fool has said in his heart that what? There's no God. That's why they are not seeking God, they are lacking in understanding. Unfortunately, they think they are the wisest. They think their understanding is the greatest. The Bible tells me in that John chapter 4 verse 23, He said, but the hour cometh, and now is when the true worshippers, so in other words, there are worshippers and there are what? So you've got to ask yourself, where do I belong? Am I just a worshipper or what? Or a true worshipper? God is not just, he's not going for just any worshipper. He's doing what? True worshippers. In other words, there are false worshippers. Is somebody with me this morning? When the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, that's what makes the difference. Ordinary worshippers and false worshippers, they want to worship, but they cannot worship in what? In spirit and what? He said, For the Father seeketh sought to worship him. Then we go to verse 24 verse 24. God is a spirit. Tell somebody, God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. If you understand, remember we said God sees. And he's looking for men and women that do what? That have understanding. And the first demonstration of the fact that you have understanding is that what? You worship him in spirit and in truth. You are not found wanting in the congregation of true worshippers. I want you to ask your neighbor, are you a true worshipper? As if you mean it, ask your neighbor, are you a true worshipper? A true worshipper. That's very important. He seeketh sword to worship him. In many of our gatherings today, in many of our churches today, there's a lot of noise, but there's not much worship. We come together, we make noise, we satisfy ourselves. But we are not worshipping God. We are not touching the throne of, of grace. God is not in it. I pray that your worship will not be wasted. Amen. Because as we, when we start talking about worship, we are talking about an, it's a matter of individual activities. You know we are all here in church, right? Somebody is here thinking of the jollof fries that they have to prepare for tonight. Somebody is here thinking of the assignment that he or she has to prepare for that boss that is due at 8 o'clock tomorrow morning. So, being here, you are just marking attendance. So, that okay, I went. Tell somebody that is not worship. That's why the Bible says he is looking for men that worship him in spirit and in truth. He is not just interested in your presence. Your presence is good. Your presence is important. But much more important Is your spirit present? Are you worshiping Him in spirit and in truth? He's God is looking for those that understand, and those that understand will worship Him in spirit and in truth. Something else we must realize is that you cannot understand without divine enablement. You cannot understand without what? What is divine enablement? It's grace. What is divine enablement? It's grace. Grace, you cannot. That's why the Bible says, "By grace we are saved through faith." That's why the Bible says, "The worship of of an uh, uh, of some of, of the wicked." Let me use that word. It's an abomination unto God. Who is a wicked person? The wicked man, the wicked woman, is the person that has spawned the grace. In the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross of Calvary. This time next we are going to be talking about, uh, 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 what do you call it? Easter. The essence of Easter is that Jesus died and he rose up. So that you can have a hope. A hope of eternity. A hope of eternal life. So that you know that it does not all end here. Amen. Those of us who are familiar with uh, what goes on in God's own country. You know, you know the story of that lady that they said died at the age of 42. A, a very popular gospel artist. So many things are coming out. Oh, some people started by saying, oh, she had uh, throat cancer. They say it's a lie. And then they said maybe her husband kicked her. She went into a coma. And they said it's for two months. They say it's a lie. Oh, no, they said the coma started five days ago. All manner of stories. But only one thing matters. Where is she now? She's gone. The Bible says it is given unto man to die how many times? After this, you may live to be around 20 years old. One day you will go. When that day comes, will grace speak for you? Or will God say, depart from me for I know you not? Or maybe your own type of grace is the type of grace that says, and you know, just do whatever you like. Grace covers it. Is the grace that will lead some people to hell. It's what my general verse calls irresponsible grace. The grace that gives you the liberty to sin. No caution. You cannot understand without divine enablement. In Daniel chapter 10 from verse 10 to verse 14 Daniel 10, 10 to 14 we see an encounter between Daniel and the angel of God in verse 11 verse 11 the angel said unto him oh daniel a man greatly beloved understand the words i speak unto you and stand upright. for unto you am i now said and when he has spoken this word unto me he said i stood trembling tell somebody there is grace, there is grace. and you will re- receive that grace today in jesus name You cannot understand without grace. No wonder. When we come to the uh, case of Solomon, we are going to be talking about him very briefly. He needed understanding. He needed wisdom. He wanted to serve. I mean, he needed everything that it would take for him to lead the people of God rightly. But he knew he was lacking. And when he had that opportunity and the Lord asked him, what do you want? Quickly, he said, give me understanding. The Lord will give you understanding. I said, the Lord will give you understanding. And you will not fail him in Jesus' name. What is God looking for? Or who is God looking for? Number one, those that have understanding. You don't buy understanding in the market. You get understanding from who? From him. If you desire understanding, it will give it unto you. As many as I hear crying, Say, Lord, I need understanding. Receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Number two, what is God looking for? God is looking for those that seek him. Those that do what? And remember what I said earlier on. You cannot seek God without understanding. So the reason many don't seek God is they are lacking in understanding. You will operate without understanding in Jesus' Amen. name. 2 Corinthians chapter 16 verse 9. 2 Chronicles 16 verse 9 it says the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. 2 Chronicles chapter 16 verse 9. To show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is perfect towards him. He now said, "Herein thou hast done foolishly. He was talking to that king because of his, from, because of his foolishness. He said, Therefore, from henceforth thou shall have wars. But the Lord established one principle here. If your heart is perfect towards him, he will show himself strong on your behalf. He walks to and fro. He walks to and fro. God is looking for those that seek him. The third thing, when I say what is God looking for? He's looking for those who are in need. Those who are what? I'm sure... Every one of us here today has one need or the other. True or false? Everybody here has a need. But unless you come to him with that understanding that we started with, you may have to live here with your own need. But he will meet you at that point of need in Jesus' name. He's looking for those who are in need. And when he sees that this one is in need, what does he do? He meets that need. He meets that need. But you've got to give him that opportunity to meet your need. The Lord saw in Abraham a man that needed a sacrifice in place of his son. In Genesis chapter 22, Genesis 22, Genesis 22, Verse 7 and 8, verses 7 and 8, Isaac asked, I mean, spoke unto his father and said, My father, he said, Here am I, my son. He said, Behold the fire and the wood. Where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Look at the, the response uh, Abraham gave him in verse 8. Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them, together. And when you go to verses, verse 10 the bible says as when abraham set forth his hand and took the night to slay his son the angel of the lord called unto him out of heaven and said abraham abraham and he said here am i verse 12 and he said lay not your hand upon the lord do not do anything unto him for now i know testimony now i know the lord said now i know see you have passed the test i pray for you you will not fail the test because, brethren, every one of us will be tested at one point or the other. Your own test will not involve killing your son. No. God is not into that business again. Amen? Amen. But there's something called sacrifice. Making personal sacrifices. Every man will be tested. And I pray, when it's your turn to be tested, you will not be found wanting. Amen. You will pass that test in Jesus' name abraham passed the test and god said now i know that thou fearest god that's a wonderful testimony for god himself to say now i know that you fear me and then god began to provide in place of his son isaac god gave him a round that's why we all say jehovah jireh means the lord my word my provider But the Bible clearly states that when you look at that verse 14, Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. God will see your need. Somebody doesn't like that prayer. I said God will see your need. Because brethren, when God sees your need, what will he do to it? He will meet it. He will provide for it. He will provide for it. God saw in Leah, you remember sister Leah? He saw in Leah a woman that needed a son to withstand, number one, the hatred of her husband, or number two, the envy and ridicule of her sister. Jacob didn't want to marry Leah. He wanted to marry Rachel. Everything he did, Leah was just by the way. But you know what the Bible says? In Genesis 29, verse 31. When the Lord saw, Genesis 29, 31, that Leah was hated. Is that in your Bible? When the Lord saw, remember we said the God of heaven sees. He saw that Leah was hated. What did he do? He opened her womb. But Rachel was barren. He saw that. The way they are treating this lady, I need to intervene on her behalf. God will intervene on your behalf. Amen. You know, there are stories that you don't even know. You think you know, but you don't know. Because you don't know how it started. But God knows the foundation. I pray for you one more time. He will intervene on your behalf. Amen. He saw that Leah needed divine intervention. And what did he do? He bear a son. And she called his name Reuben. For she said, Surely the Lord had looked upon my affliction. Whatever affliction followed you into this house today, God will look upon it and answer you in Jesus' name. Amen. We are talking about the God of heaven. The God of heaven that does what? That sees. Is the God that sees. He saw, brethren, that Ishmael needed water, else, Ishmael would die in the wilderness what did he do ishmael was just a baby he opened the eyes of hagar genesis 21 from verse 14 to verse 20. he saw that the bible says god had the cry of the lord he had hagar made up her mind well this boy will die i don't want to see him die so the bible says she put him on one side and she went to the other side and said well i will not see him die she had concluded but God had the cry of the baby. God will hear your cry today. Amen. Because that baby was a covenant child. Is there a covenant child in the house today? Amen. So long as you are a covenant child, when you cry to him today, he will answer you in Jesus' name. Amen. He will hear you in Jesus' name. Amen. He knows what you need. I can assure you one thing. As we are all gathered here today, our needs are different. Is that not so? Our needs are different. Maybe you are here now. Today is what? Today is the, the 10th of April. Mortgage is due in two days or three days. And the account is empty. And you know the worst part is not because you have not worked, you've done the job. But what happened? They've refused to pay. But does it happen or not? Maybe you are a contractor and they will say, look, there is a grace period of 30 days. That's why there is a department called accounts payable and what? Accounts receivable. So it's not that you don't have money. You. They are owe you $1 million. <laughs> ah, God will have mercy. I say God will have mercy. They are owe you a $1 million, but you only need $500 or $1,000 to pay your mortgage. And yet you cannot pay it. But by all indications, you are the big man. God sees. And he will meet you at a point of need today in Jesus' name. Amen. Men look at you and say, ah, look at that sister. She's all in all. Look at that brother. Look at that pastor. He has everything said for him. They don't realize, like our elders will say, that the chicken is doing what? The chicken is sweating. Is that not so? The chicken is sweating, but why don't we know? The feather is covering this; sweat, it's covering it. So the feather doesn't make you to realize that underneath, this fowl is doing what? He's sweating. But God sees it. I say God sees it. Yeah. And he will answer you today in Jesus' name. Yeah. He will answer you today in Jesus' name. Yeah. What he sees, we are talking about the God of heaven who sees, what he sees precedes his visitation. I mentioned it earlier on before. He saw in Solomon a young man that was struggling with the challenges of leadership. And he visited him. But he didn't come and say, Solomon, I see that you have a problem uh, leading this people. Let me teach you what to do. Is that what God did? He came to Solomon. He said, what do you want? <laughs> Solomon sees that opportunity. He said, God, I am not the firstborn. I am not the wise one. I am not the one that was expected to become the king. But somehow, somehow, I am now the king. I need wisdom. I need understanding that I may be able to lead this people. And God said, What you have not asked, I give unto you. Friend, that's our God. He got wisdom. He got knowledge. He got understanding. He got what? Riches. And the Bible said, the riches God gave Solomon was such that before him, there was none. After him, there will be none. No matter how rich, I think they said there's one more, that maybe will be the first trillionaire. How rich can he be? Can he make gold plentiful in Jerusalem that we can be working upon it? Can he do that? Life has gone beyond that. History, I mean, hist- history tells us that the richest man that ever lived. Oh, according to historians, so the Bible tells me it's Solomon. But people that say they know history. They say there used to be a king in, in somewhere in northern Africa. It, it was a Malawi, Mansa Musa, right? Aha. They say he was the richest man as far as historians are concerned, what they know. I don't think in his time that gold was plentiful in the streets of uh, wherever he lived. Like uh, the time of Solomon. But what I'm trying to bring out uh, both Mali and samusa <laughs> on the scale of riches, where are they today? Is somebody with me? God will prosper you. Amen. God will lift you up. Amen. Solomon did not ask for money. He didn't ask for gold. But God said, You ask for wisdom, you ask for understanding. I'm giving you what you did not ask for. That's why I love Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. Unto him that is able to do, exceeding abundantly, above all that what we are able to think or ask. According to what? According to the power that dwelleth, that worketh in us. And that power that worketh in us is who? The Holy Spirit. Remember we said the God of heaven cannot be contained. Because the Holy Spirit cannot be contained. He will walk beyond your limitations. He sees what you need tomorrow that you don't know today. True or false? He knows what you need in two years time. That you don't know today. And he goes ahead of you to make way for you. He will make make way for you in Jesus name. said what is he looking for men that i need he saw as we round up this morning brethren this message he saw in sodom and gomorrah the atrocities of man that called for judgment in genesis chapter 18 genesis chapter 18 verse 20 Genesis 18 verse 20. He said, and the Lord said, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and their sin is very grievous, I will go down now and see whether they have done all together according to the cry of it, which is common to me. And if not, I will know. There was a cry. And it was a cry that brought God down. Say, I'm going to see what is really happening in Sodom. Unfortunately for Sodom, When God visited, in fact, what he saw was worse than what he had heard. As if there is nothing that God does not know. What he saw in Sodom was very terrible. Even the angels that came to visit the brothers of Sodom. Brothers, members of the Jerusalem church of Sodom and Gomorrah. They came and said, "Ah, we must know him. And God intervened. If the Lord were to visit you today, what would he find? That's very important. Remember where we started. You need grace to understand. Because it is grace that opened the door for Christ to die for you and I on the cross of Calvary. The day he visited Sodom, all that was laid before him was their atrocities. He was looking for only 10 people that the prayers of Abraham might be answered. Did he find 10? Even the sons-in-law of brother Lot, they made fun of him. Eventually, it was Lot, his wife, and his two daughters. Four. But so you see the faithfulness of God. Abraham uh, was sort of, will you say, he interceded with God, thinking that, ah, Lot has been in that place for long enough. He should have some converts. But God could only find four. But God was faithful to Abraham. God was faithful to Lot. Because the Bible tells us that even Lot, the Bible calls him a righteous Lot. Righteous Lot. God delivered those, how many? Four people, right? Even among the four, somebody looked back. Sister Lot. Sister Lord still looked back and she became a pillar of salt. Brethren, God gives us all the chances. He gives us all the opportunities. His eyes are never blind. At times it looks as if God is not seeing it. He's seeing it. He's a God of justice. He's a God of judgment. He's a God of divine visitation. He's a God that can choose to visit any of us tonight. Not because it is time to die. But because it's time for an encounter, and if he were to visit you, what would he find with you? At the end of the encounter with him, will God look back and say, that's my son, that's my daughter. Or will God say, ah, I don't know him. What I've met with him is not what is expected of a son of a daughter. Lack of understanding is because you have spawned the grace of God. How want us to our heads. How want us our heads. Lord's wife had a second chance. But she rejected it. The sons-in-law of Lord, they had a second chance. But they rejected it. What will you do With the opportunity that God is giving unto you today. We are talking about the God of heaven. The God that sees. The God that visits to assess what you want to present unto him. That's the God we are talking about this morning. And he is talking to you. It's on record that you are part of today's service. That he has a word for you and you have heard it. What would be the result of the visitation? Talk to him. He's your father. But eventually you've not given your life to Christ so he's not yet your father. This is another opportunity. You can just tell him, say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. I want to start afresh. I want you to visit me and find something within me. I don't want my work to be destroyed by the fire. I want my work to stand the test of time. I need grace. Brethren, remember, he visits and is looking for men and women that have understanding. I need grace. Grace, Lord. Grace. More than ever before. To be able to stand and declare your word. Thank you, Heavenly Father. If you are watching online, you've not given your life to Christ, it's an opportunity to do so. Just say, Lord Jesus, I yield unto you. Come into my life. Come into my situation. I want this day to be recorded for me. The 10th day of April. I want to remember this day for good. Write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. I want us to rise on our feet. For the next five minutes, we are going to pray. We are going to pray. We are going to pray. pray. Why don't we begin to thank God? For making it possible for you to be here today. for For giving you life. For giving you life. For giving you life. You are still alive. So many things could happen to take a man's life. To take a woman's life. Oh, we are talking, oh, it is domestic uh, battery, domestic charger, whatever you want to call it. The key thing is, you are still alive. Give thanks to God. Give him thanks. Give him thanks. Give him thanks. Give him thanks. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Give Him thanks. He's a good God. He's a wonderful Father. He's a wonderful Father. He's a glorious God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you have done. Thank you for what you are doing. Thank you for what you continue to do. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. You say, Father, look upon my affliction today and intervene in my situation. You are praying for yourself. You are praying for yourself. The Lord looked upon the affliction of Leah and he intervened. He saw that she was hated. He set her free. Say, Lord, look upon my affliction. Intervene in my situation. If you don't intervene, nobody will help me. You need the help of God. Open your heart to him. Say, Lord, look upon my affliction. Intervene in my situation. Intervene in my situation. Oh, see how I am being treated at work. Oh, see what is happening in my home. See the way I've been. Treated. Look upon my affliction, oh Lord. Intervene in my situation. Oh yes, intervene in my situation. Intervene in my situation. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. In Genesis 29:33. The Bible says, Leah conceived again and bear a son. and said, because the Lord has heard that I was hated, he has never given me this son. And she called his name Simeon. You are going to say, Father, hear me today. And give me a testimony. Hear me today, O Lord. Give me a testimony. Open your mouth and pray. Hear me today. Give me a testimony. Give me a testimony, O Lord. You alone can do it. I have come to no man. I have come unto you. Hear me today, Father, and give me a testimony. In the name of Jesus. Hear me today, O Lord, give me a testimony. Hear me today, O Lord, give me a testimony. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we are praying. Hagar hey, thought that Ishmael was going to die. She stayed on one side. Until God opened our eyes. If God did not open her eyes, Ishmael will die and she will die in that desert. You are going to pray. You say, Father, open my eyes to your divine provision for my life. In the name of Jesus. Ah Baba, Open your eyes. Open my, open my eyes, O oh Lord. Open my eyes, O oh Lord. Open my eyes, O oh Lord. Oh Lord. To your divine provision for my life. Open my eyes to your divine provision for my life. Open my eyes, Lord, to your divine provision for my life. Open my eyes, Father, to your divine provision for my life. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we are afraid. You say, Father, give me grace to understand. I need the grace to understand. Ah, give me grace, Lord. Give me grace, Lord. Give me grace, Lord. Give me grace to understand, O Lord. Give me grace to understand. Give me grace to understand. Grace to understand. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, we are praying. Finally, you say, Father... Give me your wisdom, your your knowledge and understanding. In the name of Jesus. Wisdom, knowledge and understanding. Give unto me, O Lord. Give unto me, O Lord. Give me wisdom, knowledge and understanding. Let your name be glorified in my life. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Every request you have raised today, and the ones you have not raised. The God that answers by fire. Will answer you by fire in the name of Jesus. Amen. The Lord will reward you. The God that sees in secret that works openly. Will reward you openly in the name of Jesus. Amen. On the day of visitation. You will not fail God. Amen. You will not be found wanting. The blessings of your presence in this church today. I receive it fully in the name of Jesus. Amen. Every deception of the enemy. I come against in your life. Amen. So shall it be. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for we have prayed in Jesus' name. Amen.